Hello, investors, and welcome to episode two of Dissecting the Deal. Our guest this week is Ruben Galindo. Welcome, everyone. This is your regular dose of Dissecting the Deal. I am your host, Michael Liddicote. It is a pleasure, as always, to get a chance to look at an opportunity from an investor, find out how they acquired it, how, what they paid for it, and at the end of the day, how it's earning money for them. This week, we have an awesome guest. His name is Ruben Galindo. Ruben is out of San Antonio, Texas. He currently has seven investment properties, and today we're going to talk to him about a property he found on Google and was able to turn into a house hack. Go figure. While talking with Ruben, he decided to name drop a tool that he's been using, and I wanted to share that with you guys. It's Cozy.co. It's an online property management software, and in our discussion, Ruben talked about how he uses it to accept rents from people, and there's some other features that he's he's not using it for um, that I thought were kind of neat and worth looking into. One was it has some expense tracking stuff, so you can actually tie all of your expenses directly to that property so you can see how it's performing. And then it also has communication tools, so if you want tenants to be able to uh, request repairs or s upload photos to you and videos and uh, let them know when contractors are going to be visiting and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it has some built-in tools that I thought were pretty neat. So that's today's name drop. Thanks, Ruben. Ruben, thank you for agreeing to come and be on the show with us. We're really excited to have you talk about, about the opportunity and the deal that you're talking with us about. So let's start off first with what type of asset class was this deal? Uh, so this was a single family home uh, that okay. I acquired. Uh, it was a pre-foreclosure situation uh, and uh, kind of how I came about that foreclosure or pre-foreclosure situation was um, I had just kind of Googled here in the, in, I live in San Antonio. So the Bear County website, uh, I just started looking for, I just Googled Bear County foreclosures and oh, cool. a website popped up and I clicked on that and just started doing a little bit of research because I had never really looked into it. <laughs> and uh, since I already had, uh, I think at the time I had already four, four properties, yeah. uh, I, I kind of know the areas that I'd like to invest in. So I specifically was looking in those areas. Okay. And, and I saw a house that was in a neighborhood where I currently had two other rentals. Oh, okay, great. There were cash flowing rentals and I love the neighborhood. Uh, it was actually the same neighborhood where I, I acquired my first property four years ago. So I, I, I knew it pretty well. I knew the values of the home. I knew yeah. the rent comp. So I was pretty familiar with, with that specific neighborhood and all the comps that come with it, whether it's a, uh, a, the fair market value and the rent comps. Sure. Okay. So, no, so that I was, that, okay. that's great. So you, you knew the neighborhood, you knew the market, you'd already purchased in that neighborhood. You were, you found a pre-foreclosure list that you were looking through it by just Googling, which is yeah. great. So, you know, not buying lists, just finding the lists. Right. Um, and so you find the property, uh, uh, what's the next step? So, so, so I actually found like four different properties uh, in oh, the areas okay. that I wanted to, to uh, invest in. And so I, wrote it, I sat down, typed up a letter and actually hand signed it and I sent it. Uh, I didn't get a response. At the time I was living out of town, I was down in South Texas in McAllen and uh, 
that weekend, I drove up to San Antonio because we have family in San Antonio. And I went and door knocked at these, at these addresses. Really? No one answered, <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> right? <laughs> but hey, that was okay. I left my business card and I left a little note uh, that was interested in their property. And lo and behold, one of those residents gave me a call in the middle of the week and said, hey, we got your card. We got your note. Uh, when can we talk? I nice. said, well, and they wanted to meet in, you know, in person. I said, I'll be there Saturday. So we made, uh, we made those arrangements. I drove back up to San Antonio and came straight to that house. Again, I had already done my homework on that property because, I, I, like I said, I already knew kind of the values. Uh, I looked up the square footage on the appraisal website for the county, and I was able to figure out right away what the uh, appraised value or the value of the home market value should be. Okay. And uh, the only thing I did not know if what was the condition of that home, that was the unknown, right? So at this point, do you, do you have a strategy going into this? Are, are you thinking, I, I, I guess, are, are you thinking you're going to buy and hold this? Are you thinking that you're going to, do you buy and hold? Okay. So you've already got it planned. I own three other properties in this neighborhood. I'm definitely buying and holding this thing. Right. Right. So, uh, and obviously the, the goal is always to try to do the, at least the 1%, right. The 1% rule now, uh, buying off of MLS. I haven't, you know, I bought the other two off of MLS. The okay. first one I did uh, acquire the 1%, actually a little bit above the 1%. Really? The second one that I acquired, I did not. I was probably at 0.9. Oh, okay. You know, uh, so not quite the 1%, but it's it's above the 1% today. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Why and all the other sort of stuff, you got it to where you needed it to Oh, be. yeah. I definitely Good. actually is doing real well now. Great. Yeah. Uh, Again, like I said, so I, I came up to San Antonio, met up with the with the owners of the house, and um, obviously, uh, out of respect to them, I wasn't about to say, "Hey, I know you're kind of in a bind." Obviously, that's a very right. sensitive situation. So I wanted to respect them, and uh, and uh, I, I just said, "Hey, I'm, I'm interested in your property. Uh, I like. I'm just asking to see if you're interested in getting rid of it." Yeah. And, and they they're the ones that kind of. Uh, said that they were in a certain situation, financial situation, and uh, they were looking at uh, needing to get rid of it and time was of essence for them. Um, and because of the fact that there was, I think it was missing some flooring, uh, the carpet had been taken out and it was just bare concrete. Oh, okay. Right, so, and they didn't have the money to fix that. Um, and really that's all that was wrong with it. That's all that was wrong with it. So, um, so I asked them, I said, well, what is it that you're, what are you trying to get for the house? You know, I'm just curious what it is that, uh, that you want for the home. I said, because I, as an investor, I have a price in my mind and, and from an investor perspective, right. there's a certain number that I have to work with. And, uh, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, I totally understand. I respect you and, and I'll move on. Uh, so, uh, I said, but I'd like to take a look at the house first. So I took a look at the house and like I said, it was just their carpeting that had been taken out because they had had a leak uh, and the refrigerator had, I think there was a, a problem with the refrigerator at the time and some water leaked and got the carpet wet. So they just cut it out because I guess it was just too wet and sure. destroyed it. 
So uh, after I toured the house, I'm like, man, this is great. This is easy. You know, just replacing the carpet completely is going to be uh, an easy task. Uh, now, single story, uh, two story? Single story. Single story. Okay. Single story. It was a four bedroom, two bath house. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was a, a nice home and had a, a real nice tough shed in the back. Like, a, I think it's like a 10 by 12. So it's pretty big. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was good to see back there. Okay. And obviously they were not going to take that. So uh, we started talking numbers and uh, I told him, hey, this is the price that I can offer you. And I said, but at this price, whatever I have to pay to get you out of this foreclosure, obviously we have to subtract that. And then uh, whatever's left over is yours, depending on what your balance is. And obviously they had to, um, they couldn't be upside down, right? Because uh, then that, that wasn't going to work. So uh, fortunately they had, uh, they did have equity in the house. Okay. So when I gave them that price, um, to me, I was acquiring that property at about 45 to 50 grand in equity. Okay. So uh, that was my target number. And uh, so they agreed to it. They agreed to it. I, I broke it down for them, kind of just wrote it on a piece of paper just to give them an idea how this was going to work. Sure. And they ended up having $17,000 still left in equity. Wow. So, so they walked away with that money. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Especially and, to somebody in a situation like a pre-foreclosure and stuff where they're, you know, they're, they're not in the best situation. Right, right. And, and here's the thing. I, I was a little nervous myself because I'd never done that. You know, I had bought all my other properties off of MLS. Sure. But man, I, I was willing to try something different. You know, I'd heard, uh, I'd heard other investors talk about, you know, subject twos and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I had never done it. I was like, man, I'm going to figure it out. I so I, yeah. So I hired an attorney to draw up all the paperwork. I told him what I was trying to do and he drew up the paperwork and he drew it, he drew it up as a wraparound. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So the agreement with the sellers was that, that they would need to hold the lien in their name for up to 12 months. I needed up to 12 months and to, for me to refinance. And I needed that time simply because I was in the middle of another deal. Oh, okay. I was already under contract and uh, I, I still, I would just got under contract. So I still had about 30 to 40 days before I was going to close on that property. So this came about and now I'm a little nervous. You know, how am I going to do two deals at one time? Well, uh, the money I did have was already committed to the house that I had under contract. I, I didn't have any more money. So uh, at least not to invest in. So what I did is I, I knew I had another property that I purchased two years before that. And I, I bought it with some, I think, $35,000 in equity when I acquired the property. And I knew it had already uh, appreciated. So I had about 80 grand, I think, in, uh, in equity at the time. So I did a cash out refi and I ended up pulling out 40 grand. And with that $40,000, I was able to acquire this property. Uh, The owners were, I think, seven or eight months behind. So I had to make that payment up front to stop the foreclosure. Sure. Right. And like I said, they still had $17,000 that uh, they were going to be able to walk away with. But the agreement was that they would get $8,500 up front. Okay. 
And then they would get the other $8,500 when I refinanced. And again, all this was written up yep. and signed. You know, uh, we went to a title company, acted as a notary. Uh, she did all the paperwork for me. So, and and uh, so, um, how did you find the lawyer that wrote this up for you? Man, I just called. You just, just called. I just called an attorney. You know, I just googled real estate attorney. Hey, and, Google seems to have been the winning factor in this deal. Yes, yes, and, and that's what I did, and uh, he wrote it up for me. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, at, uh, I, I want to uh, go back a couple of steps before we get, sure. to, get to the end of it. Um, so you walk into this home, you talk to this couple, you take a look, and um, this might seem like an obvious question, but how did you know that, yes, this is a deal? I think you may have already said it, but I just want to make sure people hear it is. You knew it was a deal because... Well, I knew the rent comps for this property was going to be at least fifteen fifty or above. Okay. And uh, my target price was around the 150 and uh, the offer was 152. So when you made that offer, you said that this was, you, you knew your market, you knew what your strategy was, you knew buy and hold. So in your mind, this is buy and hold. I'm turning this into a rental and 152 is going to be my 1% rule. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So uh, you, you get a lawyer, they do the wraparound, you talk to the title, everything's going good. Uh, you have that problem that every investor wants, which is I've got too many deals and too many you know, offers going out at the same time. And so once you do that, um, you're, uh, you're, you're working on the first one. How do you get to closing on this? Uh, on, the, on the refinance or on, on yeah, the- Yeah, so you- at this point in the story, you you paid them their eighty five hundred up front. You told them I'm going to get your other eighty five once we once we get to closing. Okay, um, you've pulled out your cash from one of your other properties, so you've got cash in order to do the refi on. What happens next? Okay, so let me back up a little bit uh, so ahead. I can clear it up a little bit. So, sure, sure. so when we came to the agreement on how we were going to do this transaction, we went to the title company, and at that point, they needed the property over to me because I needed to make sure that the property was going to be in my name. Right. Uh, so that was the initial, um, I don't know if the proper word is closed, but that was the day that it was deeded over to me. Okay. They, they followed me to the local credit union that was pre COVID. And uh, yeah, this was in January. Yeah, this was uh, pre COVID. It was in January and uh, they followed me to the local credit union. I had their statement from their bank, which was Wells Fargo that had all the instructions, you know, the wiring information, where the money had to go to stop the foreclosure, had all that information right there. And uh, right there in front of them, you know, at the teller, I said, hey, I need to wire. And it was uh, $7,500 $7, or so. I said, I need to wire this money right here to this account, blah, blah, blah. And they got it done. I said, now I need a cashier's check for 8,500 bucks. So, uh, at that moment, they walked away with $8,500 plus their back payments were paid for. The property was already in my name at that point, but the financing or the mortgage was still in his name. Got it. And that $8,500 was for them to you know, start making arrangements to move out and find another place to go. Sure. And, uh, but which, I, which is a great point. So you you at this point have the deed to the property. You've stopped the pre you've stopped the foreclosure process. What were your terms on them getting out? Did you so we we had talked about that before we did all this, and they said, "Hey, we need about thirty days." I said, "Okay, okay. all right." Okay. Now, uh, 
I think one of your questions was, you know, what would you have done different? I think I would have pinpointed an exact date uh, ah. because they kind of pushed it. They pushed it back a, like a week. It was not the end of the world, but, you know, I just didn't want it to continue and continue. Sure. And continue. So, yeah, like it, it, it's got to be. So you said you did this beginning of January. So like February 14th, guys, you're done. You're out. Right. Go spend right. Valentine's Day somewhere else. Like it's not. Right. And, and, <laughs> and it happened a week after that. So. No big deal. It wasn't the end of the world. That's right. why I held on to that second half as well. Right. right. So that was kind of that, uh, that little motivation sure. to, to get going, do what you need to do so I can acquire the property so I can start working on getting it refinanced. Okay. So, um, so they move out. And at this point, are you still in the working on the wraparound refi process? Uh, yes. So, okay. so when, when we did the wraparound, uh, the agreement that the attorney uh, wrote up was the wraparound. That was the agreement that I took it to title. Right. And that's where we processed all the paperwork, right? Yeah. Um, I was a little nervous because I didn't know how Wells Fargo was going to respond to that. Yeah, because I've, I mean, I haven't had any experiences with doing uh, any foreclosures personally, but I know that that's always one of the pitfalls of, you know, is the bank essentially going to say, no, uh, you know, uh, your cash is all due once you change title and here we go and we're off to the races and we don't right. care what the arrangement is. Right. So, so my plan was, hey, I'm going to make the payments, obviously, right? I don't want to raise any red flags or anything like that. And right. also my goal was I need to get this refinanced as soon as possible. I'm not going to wait 12 months. And I didn't. Um, about mid-May or towards the end of May, I went ahead, got it refinanced, and now it's 100% in my name to include the mortgage. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, so, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. Great. Which is, yeah, that's the last yeah. thing I want to worry about, especially having, you know, their name potentially tied to a property mm -hmm. that you're owning that sort of stuff so um and then and then is this the point where your buy and hold strategy took a took a turn yes uh, so actually actually so that was we did the transaction we did it to property over in early january uh, mid to third week in february they move out so the property was, uh, after it was vacant, I started the, the renovation. I had it repainted completely on the interior to make it one solid color. And then I took out all the carpet and had vinyl plank flooring installed. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that didn't take very long. That took like a week. Sure. Uh, it didn't take very long at all to do all that. And, uh, well, about mid-March, uh, I was notified that I was able, my job allowed me to transfer back to San Antonio. Oh, great. So I transferred back to San Antonio and my previous home had been rented out already. So I didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> so I told my wife, Hey, well, we got a vacant property. Uh, and I had like 14 or 15 people lined up that wanted to see this house. And I kept stalling them because I knew that it was going to be very, very soon before I knew whether or not I would, would be able to come back to the San Antonio area. Sure. So I kept stalling them and stalling them. And sure enough, I did get the transfer. And at that point, I just took it off the market and me and my wife and my family moved in and we're here currently. So uh, we just closed on three acres of land about a month ago, month and a half ago. Oh, wow. and, our, and our plan is to build our forever home over there. Oh, very cool. But in the meantime, we're here. And here's here's the beauty of this. Okay. So because I'm here living in it, 
my loan is an owner-occupant loan, right? right? So therefore, the interest rates are lower versus right. an investment loan, sure. right? And there's really no money out of pocket because the thing appraised at 190000 Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you paid 152 and the appraisal comes back uh, on the refi and they're like, oh yeah, 192, easy, all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. And, and uh, so, I mean, it worked out great. It worked out real good. Very cool. So your strategy uh, is, uh, has just been put on hold a little bit because you're taking advantage of an investment property you own to stay in it while you guys are building your forever home. And then once you're out, again, you, you've got tons of equity sitting in this thing. Uh, you know your market and what you're going to get there. You already had people lining up, literally, uh, you know, waiting to get in. So you're not worried about turning it into a rental and getting people in. So that's awesome. That worked out great. Right. And, and here's the thing. Um, Michael, the, I have another property that's just slightly smaller than this one. Okay. And it's, it's going to come vacant in December. And I put it on the market and I got it listed at 1650. And man, I'm getting emails and text messages already really? about it. So uh, I tell you, it's a great neighborhood. It's close to downtown. It's close to, you know, some uh, major retailers. Um, there's a Fort Sam, uh, which is a uh, army post is here. There's a uh, SAMSI, which is the San Antonio medical center is about five, 10 minutes away. Uh, it's just, it's just in a great location. Downtown is about 10 minutes away. So it's, uh, it's just in a great location. Got it. So um, I'll, I'll dig into the, the rental numbers here in just a bit when we go number diving, but um, you, you already started to answer one of the, you might've even answered both of these questions already. Mm-hmm. So um what you did for the first time on this deal was the, was the wraparound. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's, that's okay. And then um, uh, knowing what you know now, uh, I think what you said earlier is that what you do differently is in that agreement with the sellers is say, Hey, you guys can, you can have 30 days, but this date is your 30th day of when I got to have you guys out. Right. Yeah. And if not, then I would have to start charging something and that's going to be deducted from that second half of that money that they had coming to them. Great. And that's great for you because mm-hmm. you don't have to actually go collect anything. You're like, well, I'm just going to start taking it off the top of this other money that I owe you guys. So, you know, if you want to get all of it, you got to, you got to move. Right. 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 Very cool. Okay. So um, this is the part where we're going to really just run into the numbers and stuff. So um Purchase price on the property was one hundred fifty-two thousand. Mm-hmm. One hundred fifty-two thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, renovation costs. Uh, let's see. I think I paid like twelve hundred dollars for labor on the paint, and I spent maybe three hundred dollars. So that's about fifteen hundred dollars. And then on the flooring, I think I spent thirty-one hundred dollars on the flooring, and then I spent an extra thousand dollars to get it installed. So about four grand total. Yeah. So, um, I mean, all said and done, I mean, geez, you're, you know, not even three percent on rehab. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. No. Um, other miscellaneous expenses in this transaction, the lawyer, the lawyer was 900 bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and again, you didn't have to buy a list because you just went and found it on Google uh, Mm -hmm. and went looking. Um, and then where are you hoping when you guys have your, your forever home built, um, you've already know that you've got a nearby property that's smaller is going to go for 1650. Uh, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, so we don't know, you know, when you guys are two years out from, you know, having Mm -hmm. home built and stuff, but if you had to rent it today, what are you hoping you'd be able to make on it? 1650. Okay. 
which again easily is the one percent rule for you and so you're oh, yeah. you're cash flowing on this all day long and my mortgage michael is one thousand five. <laughs> man uh so you're you're already cash flowing even with set asides and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. that's awesome um now are you do your own property management yes i do okay so even more money in your pocket there mm -hmm. great now, one thing that you did point out that I want to make sure that you address for some people that are thinking about doing house hacking or stuff like that is you currently have an owner-occupied loan on the property. That's right. Um, what is going to change when you guys choose to move out um, if that is uh, sooner than you think it is? Is there going to be any impact for you guys? Uh, uh, as far as... Uh... As far as on the loan, do you do you have to be forthright and forthcoming and say, hey, I've changed this to an income property or didn't, you know, any of that sort of stuff? I mean, I, I didn't get into the deal with the intent to change the terms. I mean, if they if the situation changes, circumstances changes, that's just life. But I think you're required to be in it at least a year. I mean, and heck, we're already in we're already five months into it. So before you know it, I'm not gonna have my house built in five months. So yeah, it's, that's not even going to be a factor right now. What I'm dealing with, the dilemma I'm dealing with is, all right, it'll by the time that my house is built, I will have been in this house for two years. So should I go ahead and sell it and take that capital gains tax free and apply it, you know, to another property? Or should I just hold on to it? And because I know it's going to cash flow very well. Sure. So far, it sounds like the four or five properties you have, um, you haven't really turned any of them. That, so you haven't had to think about capital gains, tax and stuff. No, um, no. This might be getting too into the weeds for some folks, but are you also planning on possibly doing a 1031 with any of these instead of straight? Not, a, not at the moment, because uh, kind of my current goal is, uh, aside from getting my house built, uh, I've always had a goal of acquiring at least 10 properties. Right, because my understanding is uh, Fannie Mae kind of limits uh, you at 10 properties. Uh, sure per person, right? Right. Uh, so, and so that's kind of my thought right now is acquiring 10 properties. And then at that point, uh, right now, what I'm thinking is I'll take all the cash flow from all those 10 properties and attack the lowest balance and just do the debt snowball, you know, and get rid of one loan. Now I only have nine financed. Sure. Maybe I can acquire another one, you know, and I don't know how Fannie Mae will look at that. I'll figure that out at that point. Yeah. And who knows, maybe things will change by then. Yeah. Well, I remember um, there's a, a guy that uh, helped us get started up at our, our meetup. His name is Roger Wilson. And he, uh, I talked to him a long time before I ever got into real estate. And he was like, yeah, you know, I just, I had this goal. I wanted to own 10 homes because I figured if I owned 10 homes and I owed them freed and clear and everybody paid me a thousand dollars a month, then, you know, I'd be set. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. And I think today Roger owns well over 500 properties. So wow. you know, one of those of like, yeah, as you said, like life, goals change, life happens. You, yeah. decide, you get good at something. <laughs> right, right. So, and, you know, and I've also been, you know, the, the other thought that's crossed my mind is multifamily. You know, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't tried that yet. I, I don't have any duplexes, triplexes or fourplexes. So uh, if, if I do decide to go in that direction, it'll be uh, some, it'll be no more than four units, just simply because, you know, once you get into five and above, it's completely tr different type of uh, loan products and things like yep. that. Well, yeah, you're, you're into commercial lending, you're into, mm -hmm. you know, lots of other paperwork and statements and all that sort of stuff. Right. And yeah, makes total sense.
people want to connect with you, if they want to uh, talk to you more about your deals, if they're interested in the San Antonio market, if they just want to hear more stories from you, uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So I have a website and it's www.sanantonioreelestateinvestors with an S.com. Again, that's www.sanantonioreelestateinvestors.com. Uh, I'm also on uh, Facebook and I'm on Instagram, so they can send me a, a message there as well. Very cool. And uh, no no weird spellings or anything for uh, Facebook and Instagram? Uh, well, it's uh, Ruben Galindo, brokered by San Antonio Finest Realty. And then uh, I think on Instagram is uh, Ruben G underscore REI or something like that. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs>